1: Yo, yo, this is Peter J. Kim on the Food 52 Podcast Network, and this is Counter Jam, the show that celebrates culture through food and music. We're closing out season three strong with an episode featuring two musical superstars from the island of Jamaica dancehall legend Shaggy and reggae legend Ziggy Marley. They have, oh, 10 Grammy Awards between the two of them. No big deal. What you might not know is that they both also know their way around Jamaican food. Ziggy even has a cookbook under his belt. We'll hear about how Shaggy celebrates Christmas in Jamaica, what makes for a great beef patty, and why Ziggy Marley loves Sunday dinner, and I mean really loves Sunday dinner. This track you're hearing is from Ziggy's 2011 album, Wild and Free. It's one of those songs that continually evolves from one bar to the next, perhaps emulating the kind of change that the lyrics call for. I especially dig when the reggae groove kicks in, Here's Personal Revolution fighting, by Ziggy Marley.
2: Every day. There must be a better way. I need, I need a revolution. My own revolution. My personal revolution. Baby, I need, I need a revolution. My own revolution, my personal revolution. Hey, I don't like the hypocrisy, is this democracy? There is no voice for me in your philosophy. Tainted theology, oh can you say?
1: That was Personal Revolution play. by Ziggy Marley. As you probably know, Ziggy and his father Bob and much of the Marley family is known for songs that call for change. Personal Revolution is no exception, though it calls for a bit of a different kind of change.
3: That's one of my favorite songs. Just because of that idea, Personal Revolution. Just that, just that alone is like, yeah, that sounds like something.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you
3: know? I came to this theory after thinking about things over, over years, over you know, over years, and one day it kind of comes into my mind, like the real revolution is really, the real change that is going to really make the big change that everyone wants to see, right? A more just world, more prosperity, more economic um, equality, more mm-hmm. equality, all of these things that we want to see won't happen unless the revolution is... We need each individual or as much individual as it takes to make that change yeah. so that's the kind of theory, and it it was just me getting away from the physical struggle and going more into the spiritual and personal struggles of my own life and taking things not not on a, a level of like. What's happening in society, but what's happening inside of you? Yeah. What's happening inside of me? You know that is where the that is where the battle is. That's where the struggle is. That's where it begins. Yeah. You know that's where it's win, won, and lost is. It's not out there; it's in here. You know.
1: I hear that, and that's actually a reason why that song means so much to me. Is because I feel I have a lot of ideals and values, and I also have the way I actually live, and that's those two things are not always lined up like that. And True. when it's not lined up, I, I feel that dissonance and, um, mm-hmm. you know, like two notes, a half tone away from each other playing at the same time. And you're like, oh, no, I just need to like move things one way or the other, you know, <laughs> moving into slightly more frivolous territory. I kicked off my conversation with Ziggy by talking about the most important meal of the day. What did you have for breakfast this morning?
3: What did you have for breakfast this morning? Um... Some feta cheese
1: thing with some little crackers. <laughs> cheese and crackers, it works. It works, works. <laughs> <laughs> every, day,
3: every day, every day different, but that was yesterday, yeah?
1: Yeah. I feel like breakfast is where you really see people's sort of food identity come through because not everybody wants the same thing for breakfast. You know what I mean? Like, I wake up and I can eat kimchi for breakfast. My, my wife is French and, like, she that's like that's not her thing. You know, she wants like, I eat like
3: kimchi for breakfast too, yeah.
1: <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs> yeah, I could, yeah, that's easy. Yeah. But that's
1: not everybody, you know. Some people feel like they need to ease into the day with like a really like gentle breakfast. Me, it's like, go right at it. I'll go straight to the kimchi. Okay, pause. It's a little surreal that I'm chatting about crackers, cheese, and kimchi with Ziggy Marley, the son of the Bob Marley. I've traveled a fair amount around the world, and I have an anecdotal theory that the prize for the single most beloved musician on the planet is a toss-up between Michael Jackson and Bob Marley. Whether in a Cameroonian village, a bustling nightclub in Cairo, Egypt, a rural town in Romania, in a taxi in Thailand, or on a beach in Colombia, when Bob Marley comes on, heads start bopping. You've probably heard Bob reference a place called Trenchtown in some of his songs. This is a neighborhood originally built around housing projects for the poor in Kingston, Jamaica. It's considered the birthplace of reggae. It's also the birthplace of Ziggy Marley.
3: Yeah, I was born in Kingston, Jamaica in Trenchtown. Um and we um we moved a lot in, in my, when I was younger, you know. So Trenchtown was the more um impoverished part of Kingston. So yeah. that's where I was born. My father lived there, my mother Two, three, four years after we moved to a, a, a better situation, a place called Bull Bay, which was yeah. close closer to the ocean. Cause we used to eat a lot of seafood. So we were closer to the ocean, and I would go down to the ocean as a boy and help the fishermen bring in their boats and see the fishes and stuff like that. And um, yeah, that and then you know that that's my that's my foundation right there.
1: How old were you uh, when you were living in Trentstown? Trentstown, um,
3: probably up to four or five years. And
1: yeah. So you probably don't have too many memories from no, that. But time. the thing is
3: that it's the same. It's the same core of people that move with us. So it was my father, my mother, and my grand aunt, and some other older ladies. Like it's a, we move like a little community, you know. It's like <laughs> yeah. So the food, the food never really changed. You know what I mean? I mean yeah. The food never changed until until they get more money. That's when the food changed, when you get more money.
1: Right. Right. Right.
3: You know the food started changing, but the food was good, man. That's the original food. The food was good. you know we used to eat chicken and we see I used to eat a lot of eggs. We used to have people bring eggs to the house. We used to have chickens too um and we would you know if somebody's birthday eventually we would kill kill something like there was no we we, never, we didn't yeah. go to the supermarket or and get we used to kill the animals and you know eat the animals curry goat or whatever you, you know so yeah. It's, it's such a, a rich way of coming up, you know, seeing all these things. like You know, it's so beautiful. <laughs>
1: That's right. It's more like the world is your supermarket, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: It's just a different perspective, you know?
1: Yeah. And who was doing most of the cooking in your household when you were younger?
3: My grand-aunt. My grand-aunt. She was the... Because my parents would be away most of the time, right? They touring musicians, you know? So she would cook. But um, the meals were very simple and... As I said, those days, like, is that nowhere you open the fridge and you have like a choice galore? Oh, look, I can, what, what am I gonna eat? I don't know. Where. This, do I eat that? <laughs> you know, am <laughs> I having kimchi for breakfast or am I having crackers and cheese? Or... <laughs> you know, those days, very simple, yeah. man. Um, sometimes it's just bread and butter, just like some, we call yeah. it hardware bread in you know, Jimmy. It's just some hardware bread and some butter, some tea. Good morning, and go go to school. That's right. And then you get right. you get some free lunch at the school, you know, um, some patties and some 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 box milk, and then you come home and you might have a nice dinner. But Sundays was the dinner it was when you splurge. Uh-huh. Sundays you get the rice and the peas, and you get the nice chicken and. Sunday was a splurging day.
1: Oh, yeah. So, tell me about Sundays then. Is this like, were there more people who came over to eat together?
3: Yeah, man. And just a bigger pattern, you know, the smell, you know. Like, you know, when sun- Sunday dinner yeah. is cooking, you can smell Sunday dinner. You know what i say? Yeah. You know say <laughs> Sunday. They <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get some nice things. <laughs>
1: so, paint a picture for me. What does Sunday dinner look like? I'm so, so curious. Sunday
3: dinner, I mean, obviously, through the different stages, it looks different. So, um... The ones I like draw to most is when them, them cook outside and the wood stove, you know, they make mm. a wood fire and them cook, you know, the big Dutch Dutch pot and um the rice and peas are cooked and the chicken, you know, the chicken kill and skinning and, you know, all those little things that we are around and we're trying to help do all these little things and, you know, it just smell good. It just smell good. You know, Sunday smell different than mm. Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. Sunday is a different <laughs> smell. <laughs> You know, so yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah, yummy, you know? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, probably like, I uh, imagine having the wood fire going, that's gotta bring yeah, a certain yeah, smell yeah, to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, And it cook uh, the food tastes different when it cooked on the, the wood and when from it cook on the stove, it tastes, I can taste it different, like I know the difference. Oh, absolutely. You know? The different flavor. Absolutely, yeah.
1: absolutely. Um, and just like, what does the table look like when, you're, when you sit down to eat?
3: The table is so now right. So Sunday for we, you know, is is a self-serve mostly. So the, everything mm-hmm. going at a big a big thing in, in the table, you know, like a big thing of rice and peas and the chicken there, and you can't he- you help yourself. Only on Sundays you mm-hmm. can do that. Mondays, through Saturdays, here is your food. Here's your food. You, this is what you get. Sundays. You might can take something, you know?
1: Was it typically your great aunts who, who cooked this food? Then? Yeah, man.
3: My great aunt was a was a was a cook and no, we used she used to have another friend of hers, Miss Collins. Another older lady. They cook, man. They cook. Cook and cook and cook. And um I mean, yeah. I remember my great my great aunt, she used to eat some stuff that we weren't allowed to eat, you know? Um, like she she used to eat octopus and stuff like that, and we weren't allowed to eat those type of things because of our culture, you know, my parents, my parents' yeah.
1: culture. Ziggy's referring here to his family's dietary practices. Bob Barley, like many Rastafarians, adhered to certain dietary restrictions, and apparently octopus was a no-fly zone.
3: Um, so one day, I was very hungry. We used to stay with her car. We used to stay with her sometimes, and her place was a much more, was not as um, modern as where we our house is. was not as, you know, so... It's a whole different thing with her house. You got to catch the water. It's a whole, it's like real country. Like no, run, no running water, no, this is, yeah. So, <laughs> so one day I was so hungry, man. I was very hungry and I was like, let me look in the fridge. I was like, boom, I want the fridge. And there was nothing in the fridge. There was an octopus and there was some bread, some tomato. And I said, all right, I can't eat octopus. So I'm going to eat bread and tomato. And then when I got outside, I saw some sugar, so I put some sugar, <laughs> I put some sugar, and I had a bread and tomato and sugar sandwich. And that was good. That was, a, that was the only time I ever had that sandwich, the only time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that can that's be pretty crazy. good, honestly.
3: That's crazy, man. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I had a good good upbringing. It was fun. It was fun, man. That's the that's experiences.
1: Were there certain dishes that your great aunt made that you particularly loved?
3: No, well, chicken was our deal, you know, chicken was a deal. Um, and then mm. since I was like the first boy, I, I would always get the leg. Me and my brother would get the leg, you know, because that was the most valuable mm. part of the chicken. So they always look out for us, you know, those old, old ladies, yeah, make sure Ziggy yeah. get the leg, you know <laughs> 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 so no, the chicken was the deal. Um, yeah, that, cause so them is a cooked down chicken, you know them, fry it, them see the seasoning. What we use in Jamaica is what is where the aroma that that's that's the smell right there. Just the seasoning, scallion, onion, thyme, pimento, whatever you know. When that start cook up, you you mm, smell that man. Yeah, mm. that 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 solve solve everything, you know.
1: <laughs> well, I think uh, it's good to hear that. Your family had your priorities right. As you might know, in the U.S., chicken breasts are what are considered the most valuable cut, which I find oh, yeah? to be very strange since the, the leg is definitely the best. <laughs> I asked Ziggy to tell me about what his family ate around the holidays, and <laughs> he brought things right back to Sunday.
3: No, bro, Sundays. It's all about the Sundays, Sundays. bro. <laughs> 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 it's all about the Sundays, man. I'm telling you that. Yeah, right yeah. Here. There's no other, like what, there's no other holidays. It's just Sundays. (laughs) There's nothing happening. There's no other special dinner, bro. It's Sunday dinner. It's like, that's the special dinner. Yeah. I don't care what holiday you have or who get married or whatever. Nothing beats Sunday dinner.
1: Hmm. You know, I really can't tell. Do you think Ziggy likes Sunday dinner? (laughs) Let's turn to my other guest, Shaggy. Like Ziggy, Shaggy also grew up in a poor neighborhood in Kingston.
0: I was born in a place called Raytown, um, in, in Kingston, and uh, that, that that is right by the prison um, downtown Kingston, there uh, General Penitentiary. The place called our uh, street called Charlotte Street, um, and that's where I, that's where I was born because um, that's kind of grew up, you know. And um, at a young age, I ended up living from a tenement yard, different tenement yard, I'm from a Singaporean family. So my mother was mother and father for me, you know. And then I moved from one yard, which is, you know, I used to live at the jung- jungle at one point. I used to live, um, you know, uh, Vineyard Town at one time. I used to live Mount View at one time. I used to live there's So many different spots that I used to live back in the days, you know. Um, poor people life, that's what poor people do, you know. You, you kind of move around, and you know, if the rentry is somewhere else and you can't afford it, you have to go somewhere else that you can afford it. <laughs> you know what I mean, so that because of that we keep moving, you know. And um yeah, this was just raised by a mother, the man. and then my mom went to the United States. And um I ended up just kind of you know living with my grandmother for a while and then
1: if you don't mind me asking, you know, what, what sort of food did you eat growing up? See, whatever could be provided. We, we,
0: we didn't we weren't as as privileged as, you know, like yeah. oh we can afford certain things, well, we couldn't afford certain things back then, you know. So yeah, you, know, you, you have a lot of tin food. Mm-hmm. And you have like um bully beef and rice, which is corned beef with white rice. You know tin mackerel with, with with white rice, yeah. um, a lot of rice. We've got rice fully up, yeah. <laughs> and they have a thing called chicken chicken back, which is the cheaper parts of the of the chicken.
1: There's the fact that you grew up, you know, poor. Did that, how does that shape the way you sort of view food or the way you sort of look at things today? No,
0: it it made me appreciate good food. You know, because with this. I never got it. So I don't, I spare no expense on food. If people are at my house, they're eating the best. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah, yeah. I, I go to the butcher to, to buy steaks, I go for the best cuts. And if I'm doing lamb chops, I'm, I'm getting the best cuts. You know, I'm, I'm frequent at Whole Foods.
1: <laughs> you know what I
0: mean? Because I want the best. I, I, I never had those. I never,
1: I never, you know, we just eat what we can. No I asked Shaggy what he'd had for breakfast that day.
0: Well, I had a thing called Aki and is a national dish.
1: Do you want to know what I had for breakfast? What's that? Um, I So it's actually a pretty standard breakfast for me, given the neighborhood I'm in. But I got myself a patty. Um, it so happens there's a golden crust between where I drop my kid off uh, to school and come back. I swing by the golden crust, get myself a spicy beef patty. And then I bring it home, though, and I make what I call a PEC, okay. a patty, egg, and cheese. Oh, wow. And so... This is, might be this might be sacrilege, but um, I'll make an I'll make an egg. You know, what I'm saying I do like essentially an egg and cheese sandwich, but using the patty wow. as the vessel. Wow! And so,
0: so is the egg is the egg fried uh, with the yolk still intact, or is it a hard fry?
1: Runny yolk. Or runny yolk. Yeah, runny yolk.
0: Or oh, runny yolk. Ah, yeah. okay. So runny yolk, um, egg, and and what
1: cheese? Cheese, yeah, and then I had some hot sauce. Um, but yeah, that's okay. it. I call that my my pec. So
0: at least you didn't do it in my honor. You just did it on
1: GP. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's just that's just what I do. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy, I, mean, I got
0: you. I got you. <laughs> uh,
1: so um, yeah, I, I definitely I'm an advocate for the patty as a uh, breakfast sandwich uh, platform. <laughs> so it's a great it's a great
0: substitute for it to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's delicious. I mean. Come on. Um, are, you a, are you a fan of patties yourself?
0: I'm a big patty fan. Um, I'm more more of a traditional. I mean, Golden Cross is cool, too. Don't get me wrong. For the American standard of patties. Right, right. You know, if you go into Jamaica, not, not, nothing beats a tasty patty for Jamaica for me. Mm. You know, I mean, there's juicy beef and there's mothers. Mothers used to make a really, really good one. And, and, and it has to be just out the oven. Yeah. I'm, I'm not too keen on it. Sitting on for a while, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, wait, you said a, a tasty patty is that a kind of patty in Jamaica? It's a brand, yeah, a yeah. brand of
0: patty. Those, those, those are more the originators of it, Yes. They, they were the one that that um, tasty's was like the first that was on the scene and making patties. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there was you know a little mom and pops one, but as far as a big chain store that made patties in Jamaica, tasty what was that. Yeah. first i really did all of that and, and the most popular
1: uh, so what what makes for a great patty then i think the beef is one you know um some people like to substitute mm-hmm. it and put
0: like some people people put bread with the beef you know to get a little oh. bit more body yeah, and yeah. thing. and some people just kind of just you know from your cooking is the, you're getting the beef and the, and the spices of course you know the pepper yeah, yeah. you know what i mean because the thing with me you know at this age, every time I have a, a patty, it gives me a heartburn. <laughs> and that's the first sign to say, that shows you that this is not really healthy for you. You know what I'm saying?
1: Right. But right. you
0: kind of do it and then have the peptobism right beside already. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Because because at this at this at this rate you know at this stage it's it's cultural yeah it's like yeah I know it ain't good for me but you know I, I'm not Jamaican unless I do this <laughs> there you go <laughs> so I I know you regulate you regulate what you have when you have it you know you have a beef fat but I like yeah. okay maybe I don't have one a day one or a day or three a day you know what I mean it can probably yeah, yeah. you know twice a month or something like that and for me you know what I
1: mean yeah. yeah. A Jamaican without a, a patty is like a bird without its song. I know. I think, I think based
0: on my patty consumption, I'm getting less and less um, Jamaican these days.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then what about, what about the crust? I mean, I feel like in my sort of amateur level of experience with patties, I feel like the more a patty falls apart in my hand, the better it is. But I don't know if that's how you feel about it.
0: Some people like that. I don't i i prefer yeah. I prefer you know the crust, you know what I mean uh, because the crust is the crust, but there's ways to do it to where it's not so flaky, you know what I mean yeah, yeah, I don't like going in your car and then you know there's patty crust all over the seats and all that I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm not that guy, man, yeah you know I mean just you know just yeah, yeah. there's ways there's ways to do it to where the, the crust stay stay together, but um, the crust is a big, big part of it, and it's also probably the most unhealthy part you know, but it's also really tasty
1: <laughs> what do you think of as being other iconic dishes in Jamaican cuisine the oxtail is uh, mm. oxtail butter
0: beans um, the thing about the oxtail is is, is it's, it's such a tender part of the meat because it's the tail of the cow you yeah, know and which makes yeah. it expensive also because the tail is a really small part of the cow you know it's a big cow <laughs> So, and every but the meat yeah, around yeah, yeah. It is so very is so tender. And um yeah and when cooked down properly and, and seasoned right and you know if you don't use a pressure cooker especially, you know, it's really it's really good. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of people I know who don't just make it cook down naturally and don't use a pressure cooker and still come out tender. Curry gold is always another big one, and you always have your curry gold and a white rice. You know, instead of rice and peas, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's mostly, some people like rice, and but if if you are true Jamaican with a curry goat, a curry goat, white rice.
1: <laughs> I had no idea. So if I went to yeah. Jamaica and ordered curry goat and got rice and peas with it, people would give me the stink eye. I mean,
0: no, they'll they'll give it to you, you know, because some people do do it, but if you're looking at the traditional way of oh, all Jamaica, yeah, yeah, con- yeah, yeah. consume curry goat is with, is with white rice, with a country pepper on the side, a country scotch bonnet on the side. Yeah, and, and you can oh. and you can cut a piece of avocado, or pear as we call it, and put it on the side, and yeah, <laughs> it's perfect.
1: Wait, you take a whole scotch bonnet on the side? Yeah,
0: just put it on the side, and then you just cut it. Once you cut it, no, you cut it on the side, you can bust it up with your fork, and as you eat the curry goat, uh-huh. you use it and just dab it. Just dab.
1: Ah, dab I see. As
0: you eat, you dab it, yeah.
1: And you're meant to eat the entire scotch bonnet during no, no, you, you don't,
0: you don't have to. If you love the polite, that you can, yeah. you can dab it because the hot, scotch bonnet is pretty flavorful, but also hot. Oh yeah. So but when you, yeah. but if you cut it open and have the stem and just dab it while you are eating, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? You get a nice flavor with it. I mean?
1: Yeah. I have to say, I think one of the things I truly love about Jamaican cuisine is that scotch bonnet is in so many places and I just love the flavor of scotch bonnets. Um, it's just that they're like so punishingly hot that like, you know, and I'm, you know, I like spicy food, but even this, even for me, like scotch bonnet, kick my ass.
0: You know, for me, I don't find scotch bonnet to be a very hot pepper. <laughs> okay. I find it to be a, I find it to be a very flavorful pepper. Yeah. It has a flavor more so than a, and a heat, there's a heat to it, Yeah. but not, not, not that turn you off heat. Like, Oh my God, I just, I'm just tasting pepper. Yeah. You know, it's it's more, it's more of a flavor. I get my scotch bonnet from these uh, old couple, not very far from here. That a friend of mine, Youssef, will always go over there and get it for me and carry it up. You wow. know what I mean? And and it's they're fresh. I got a fresh bag yesterday. Oh you know, wow! Just them, just picking them little harvests and just eating them, You know? Yeah.
1: And you're just eating them like potato chips, the scotch bonnets. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, I don't eat them
0: just like that. No, 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 no. But they're not. <laughs> to me, they're not they're not cringingly
1: hot. Do not listen to Shaggy. The Scotch Bonnet is related to the habanero, and it is one hell of a spicy pepper. Consider that the jalapeno has a spiciness rating of between 2,500 to 8,000 Scoville units. The Scotch Bonnet goes all the way up to 350,000 Scoville units. It's no joke. I think it's worth pausing here and remarking on the sheer diversity of Jamaican cuisine, especially given the fact that it's a country of only 3 million people, about the same size as the state of Connecticut. Jamaica, like many other Caribbean countries, contains layers upon layers of cultures, almost like geological rock layers. This shows up in the food. Indigenous cultures set the foundation with ingredients used in Jamaican cuisine, such as the scotch bonnet and pimento spice, otherwise known as allspice. Colonizers from Spain and Britain brought dishes like the vinegary fish escovitch. Enslaved Africans brought stewed greens, jerk, and the all-important ackee fruit. Chinese and Indian laborers and indentured servants brought rotis, curry goat, and chow mein. The next time you're at a Jamaican restaurant, look at the menu as a living historical record of Jamaica's multicultural history. We're going to play another track here, and it's a live one from Ziggy. If you've only ever listened to studio-recorded reggae albums, you're missing out. The fire, vibrancy, and soul of reggae come shining through in live performances in ways that are simply lost in the studio. If you need to start somewhere, try listening to Bob Marley's Live at the Roxy album. It's one of my favorite all-time reggae records. I suspect you're going to recognize this tune. Here's Ziggy Marley performing live one of his father's classics.
2: Is this love, is this love, is this love, love that I'm feeling? Is this love, is this love, is this love, is this love, is this love that I'm feeling?
1: Next, how Shaggy does Christmas in Jamaica and the food that put the roots in Roots Rock Reggae after this. We haven't talked yet about what many consider to be Jamaica's national dish, ackee and saltfish. And in case you're not familiar with it, here's how Shaggy describes it.
0: Well, well, ackee is a fruit. Most people when it is cooked and they just cook and see it on the table, they think it's egg yeah. because it has that that has the look of that, but it's yeah. not. It's actually a fruit. Um, it's our national uh, dish, and the codfish you now comes from Newfoundland, up in Canada. And it's and and it's dried cured, yeah. um, codfish, and once you boil, you take the codfish and you boil it because it's so it's so salty because it's so it's cured, and and you you literally mm. boil it. Sometimes it takes depending on how salt it is. It might take two two boilings, you know. And um, mm. I like to boil it till it's fresh, and then I add my salt to it. More so than still keep it so salt. Mm. and then you break it up, right? You also boil the ake. You gotta take the, the, the seed out, and there's a little gri- there's a little red thing inside of it poisonous is that uh, that is poisonous, also. You have to take that out and clean. So you, so you clean your ake, and once you have it all clean and everything, then you put it in the boiling water.
1: So this is a this is a breakfast that is pretty universally yeah, eaten yeah, across yeah. Jamaica. a big deal for
0: us, you know. Most, most Jamaicans do. You know, I'm sure you have a few Jamaicans that don't, but most Jamaicans know consume a lot of ackee and saltfish.
1: I'd rate ackee and saltfish up there as one of those magical combinations that just seems to work like seaweed and rice, baguettes and butter, cookies and milk, tomatoes and olive oil. The ackee provides creaminess. The saltfish gives you, well, saltiness and fishiness, obviously, and it's packed with umami. But I wanted to zoom in on one thing Shaggy said. Aki can be poisonous if you don't know what you're doing, as Ziggy further explained.
3: And the aki is a very, it's a fruit, you know, it's a fruit. And it's poisonous unless it opens by itself, so you can't force it. You can't like, it's not like you can't, you know, you can't pick an apple green and make it ripe. You can't do that with aki. It's got to open up on, on the tree, otherwise it, it it's poisonous. And so, yeah, you, you have to wait till it's seasonal, you know, and I don't know where else I see that. I haven't seen anything like that anywhere else. I haven't seen anything like that anywhere else. So it's a very unique, for me, it's a very unique experience to Jamaica um, in terms of getting it from the tree. You know, here you can buy it in a tin, but yeah, but um, it's a Jamaican thing. That connects me straight to Jamaica.
1: And so you would collect your own ackee from the tree? Yeah, man. man. Is it a really high tree? Is it hard to get to it?
3: I mean, you have different no, no. sides, but not easy. It. Yeah, Take yeah. it with a stick to or It's easy. No.
1: You still yeah. can't climb it. And is there any other way that you eat aki other than with saltfish? That's the only way I've, I've ever eaten aki. No,
3: man, you have the ital one, man. No salt fish. Yeah. But, well, right, but right. well seasoned.
1: Right. Yeah, the ital, right, because right, remember
3: right. now, you know, we have ital in Jamaica, where they don't eat any fish or meat. Right? They're vegetarians, basically. But yeah. they still utilize you know, the, the Jamaican style, but just without the the the, um, the animal product in it.
1: The Aital diet is quite central to Jamaican culture. It's generally associated with Rastafarianism and in its strictest form, it eschews any animal products, artificial additives and added salt, though it's not uncommon for some adherents of the Aital diet to apply things more loosely.
3: That was a part of our upbringing too. Um, eventually... Um, yeah, stop eating meat and just eating fish, and um, you know try and fit, try and fit. just eat more healthy. I guess in in modern terms, yeah.
1: Yeah, so that's right. So you actually you adhere to an Ital diet or Ital uh, way of eating when you were younger, then.
3: Yeah, I mean we still do it. I mean, but I feel like we're more. It's not like something that you can't. Not say, all right, you know, today I'm not doing it this way. I'm doing it. You know, it, it's, a, it's, it's a long-term thing. It's not like no. a, a quick thing. So it's like, if I can't do it for most of my life, it's good, but I don't have to do it for all of my life. I can't still, I can cheat. Right, right. You know, I can't cheat here and there. <laughs> and, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's, just a, it's just a balance. It's just balancing everything so that you don't harm, it, you don't harm yeah. yourself, but you still enjoy yourself. You know, you can't live right. and not enjoy life, right? So it's balancing, you know?
1: Yeah, I'd actually love for you to speak a little more to Ital and what it means to you. So like what are the main principles for you?
3: Well, um the main principle really, so, all right, so it's we eat the food as close to as nature intended it to be. Mm. So whether it be raw, whether it be raw or not as cooked or not as l- a lot of salt.
1: I mean, to me, like... The best example of where something like that shines is, is fruit. I mean, I am obsessed with fruit. And the way I think about fruit is that fruit has evolved over, really, millions of years to be as delicious as possible because it needs to draw animals to spread the seeds. Okay, and so okay, I think okay. of, in the case of fruit, Mother Nature is the, is the chef and has perfected this recipe for the fruit over millions of years, which yeah. is why... Fruits are one of the things on the planet, really the only things on the planet that you can just take off the tree, eat it, and you, like, is actually the best way to enjoy that fruit, right? It's perfect how it is, right? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, man. Yeah. To me, fruit, fruit is like, for like, taste buds, like what flowers are for eyes, right? It's just, you know, pure, it's just perfection.
3: It's funny, when I was was a young boy in Jamaica, I used to... I used to come by. I used to eat orange and a banana at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I used to like that flavor, I used to eat uh, at the same time. Yeah. That's what I would do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think you just invented the smoothie ahead of its time. <laughs> <laughs> Were there any other fruits that are particularly good in Jamaica?
3: Well, all of the fruits seem good in Jamaica. I don't like all of them, but all of them good. good. Um, you, yeah. you have one named Neesbury that I didn't like. It's called Neesbury. Hmm. Yeah, it's a, weird, it's, a weird, it's, a weird, it's a weird looking fruit with some, and then the inside kind of is white and it's kind of squishy mushy, but I never like
1: <laughs> If you're trying to sell me a fruit and you described it as squishy mushy, I would not be very attracted to it, so. <laughs> <laughs> but
3: then you have the one called soa sap, we love the sour sap. Oh, Soursop, nice, isn't you know? of That yeah, might be salt. one of
1: my like, top... That's like a top five fruit for me, the soursop. Oh, creamy. Soursop in, just tart, sweet, delicious. Man. Oh, soursop. Yeah, so yeah. Well, actually, that brings me to drinks in Jamaican culture. So I actually associate Jamaican menus with lots of different kinds of drinks. You always see all kinds of options there.
3: Yeah, man, we have some fabulous drinks, but our drinks is not like from a bar. It's not a bar drink, right? So it's a drink that... That the that the people come cut, right. and you, we used to have some juice, man. That's right. Um, but traditionally, we do sorrel. Sorrel is at Christmas time. Today they do a sorrel. What them call it in a um, in a in a Spanish? They have a name for it in a Spanish too.
1: Uh, Agua de Jamaica. Right? Yeah. Florida Jamaica. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. So we do that. We, we do that. That that's a traditional thing that I've always seen them do. The Jamaican culture, is very conscious of virility mm. and you know, strength and stamina and manhood. And so we have all these type of drinks that is based around keeping our manhood. You yeah. know, it's like Irish moss with um, some guineas and thing, and it mixed up and some milk and, yeah, that would make you, keep you strong, you know? <laughs> so, you know, so it's, it's that type of drinks you'll find. The juice, roots, we boil our own roots and... You know, you have the roots, man, and him sell his roots. And yeah, the, vir- the roots, you know, make you stand up strong. Yes, son.
1: <laughs> Ziggy was being tactful about this for the interview, but he was referencing the fact that a lot of Jamaican drinks are marketed as sexual performance boosters. One such drink has an unusual ingredient. Yeah, I used to think, I was, I think the first time I had CMOS, I remember thinking, "Well, wow, it's so interesting Irish moss. That was just so interesting to think of there being moss in a drink. It's not normally something you associate with a drink.
3: No, but the funny <laughs> thing is we used to have it in Jamaica, right? And it, I mean, at one point it was really expensive, more expensive than herb. You know what I'm saying? So it was yeah. per, per pound. Like, and then after a while I started seeing it in bags in America, I'm like, <laughs> what is have got Irish mash in bags now. So a lot of the, a lot of the native um things that we are native cultures around the world that use these natural things um, the west get hips to it uh, kind of afterwards we were just doing it we, don't, we didn't even know the science of it or anything It's just something that we ate or something that we drank we didn't know what it meant it's just a part of our culture yeah and then later you find you know once it reached to the to the civil well, the the, the first world or whatever and they figured, oh, it can do this, and you see all this writing on it. It's kind of funny to me to see that, you know? Like, oh, look, Irish mash is in a bag now. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Made it into Whole Foods. <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: kind of funny, you know? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, and well, it's bad when it actually makes the food expensive or rare in the country from which it came. Yeah, yeah. But it sounds like that might have been the case. I couldn't help but ask Ziggy about what his dad liked eating. In his response, he uses the term... Ground foods, which means foods that come out of the ground.
3: No, I mean the same yam, the same ground food. Because he's from the he's from the country where that's where that's what they use. That's what they grow there. Yeah. So they maybe that's where I get I get that that love for that food from. Maybe it's from him. But the the ground food, you know, the yam, the roast yam, and um some of those a lot of those drinks I was just talking about. They used to make all of those tap drinks with peanuts, oatmeal. Mm. Yeah, and they would try to give it to me, and I was like, no, and I was like, drink, drink.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I have to tell you, the fact that you're telling me this gives me a whole new perspective on the term Roots Rock Reggae. Yeah. Because I'm thinking about the roots <laughs> and the ground food in particular. <laughs> ah, I like
3: that, I like that.
1: Turning to the topic of music, arguably the most popular style of music in Jamaica right now is dancehall. It's a little hard to define and you'll find an immense amount of variation from one song to another. Shaggy, who is one of the main musicians to have brought dancehall music into American pop culture, had an interesting perspective on defining dancehall.
0: Some people look at dancehall as a song. I don't, really, I don't really, I don't really look at it as a song mm-hmm. because it keeps changing. I look at it as a culture, Yeah, you know, because that still right. resonates. I mean, when you see. Beyonce or Rihanna or Drake or Jay-Z or these people come in, they don't, they don't necessarily try to, to take the music so much as they're trying to take the culture. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 the music has evolved over the years into what is a hybrid. It comes from culture. Mm-hmm. It comes from culture. The, the style and the feel and the the, the 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 cadences and it comes from the culture.
1: One of the distinctive features of many dancehall songs is a chant-like rapping style called toasting. Even if you don't know the term toasting, you know what it is. It's how Shaggy raps in all of his songs, which include Boombastic, Angel, and yes, it wasn't me. Side note, there are a number of musicologists out there who believe that Jamaican toasting laid the foundation for rapping in American hip-hop. If that's the case, big hat tip to Jamaica for helping create what I consider to be one of the world's greatest musical genres. In any case, I asked Shaggy how he got into toasting. I became a fan of it, you know. So yeah.
0: and I never really got into dance hall because I wanted to be this big, massive superstar or whatever. I even changed the face of dance hall. I was just a fan of it. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. I, I just had a knock for, for for coming up with with rhymes and I did it for because it got me attention with the girls. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'd talk i talk about their 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 eyes and their lips and their bags and their shoes and then I'd get the number and I was like, okay, yeah. this is easy. This is easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then then you start make record and you start get more girls. And I'm like, okay, all right. So everything was based on women for me back in the early
1: days. Yeah. 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 And I understand that, you know, when you know, when we when you hear you uh toasting in a lot of your songs, uh, sometimes you're doing it in English, other times you're doing it in patois.
0: A raw patois. Uh, I kinda I kinda mix the two. Yeah, right? yeah. I'm I'm one of the few that the few that kinda mix the two. So you might have a patois thing, but then I'll have I'll do I'll do the dance on melody with the Queen's English mixed up yeah, with yeah. some patois, with some patois. And that right, makes right, right. it gives a better chance of crossing over. So there's a, there's a there's a formula. Yes. Where I'm concerned.
1: Yeah. I feel like when I listen to your songs, I can kind of feel that you are, uh, you'll, you'll go into the Patois, then come back just enough. Yeah. So that you're like, you're we're back with you. So that
0: you yeah. understand. Yeah. 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 And, I mean, it, it is a strategy that I've always used and it is, you know, for some, some, someone has worked brilliantly for me, but it also leads to a lot of criticism from purists. You know, right, right, they right. feel like, oh yeah, Shaggy is not authentic and if not this and, you know, and I, you know, I've been criticized by crit, by critics and purists, so called purists, who have never been to Jamaica,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and were uh, or have never or we're never born in Jamaica. I was born in Jamaica. I have a Jamaican passport. I was I lived in the, the ghettos of Kingston, raised in the ghetto of Kingston,
1: rara. In Patwa, like, what would you say if you found something to be like really dope? You no, know, that weekend you no. Know? <laughs> <laughs> What's that? <laughs> say that
0: wicked enough, you know,
1: you know, and I mean, uh-huh,
0: right, right, right. So, so you, say, you say that if it's dope, you say it wicked, it's bad, you know. Yeah, so yeah. Or, or if you say it, it, it's broken English, you know, if you say car, we say car. Yeah, yeah. You, you say what happened, we say what happened, what happened, oh, yeah. what happened, yeah, yeah. what happened, you know what I mean? Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's you breaking it up. You yeah. know? And, and if you're being around it, something that up enough, you'll be like, you catch it. You probably won't right. be able to speak it, you know, as as fluently as I do, but you certainly understand it.
1: Shaggy's latest album is called "Christmas in the Islands." The whole album is all about celebrating the holidays, Jamaican style.
0: I wanted to do a Jamaican Christmas because my Christmas that I know is not the same as yours. Or, you know, you don't. We don't dream of a white Christmas.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we, uh, we, we, we don't have a white Christmas. My Christmas is is surreal. You know, uh sorrel is a is a is a plant that they that they normally scald or, or dry it, they would I say, and create a drink out of it and you add alcohol to it and it's a it's a it's a punch. Like a yeah. rum punch, it would be like a sorrel punch. And uh, yeah. you know, that is a Christmas thing. You throw like a pimento seed in for the flavor and you create sorrel. And that every Christmas, because that, that sorrel plant only grows during the Christmas, the only bears are blooms during the Christmas time. Christmas time. Uh-huh in December. So we always have Carl and you have eggnog and then it's family food and you might have a drunk uncle, you know, and, you know, and that's done. That's normally in the settings of your backyard or you're on the beach.
1: Well, hold on, Shaggy. The, the drunk uncle is cross-cultural. Well, it's cross-cultural. Well, yeah. You know? but, but there's drunk
0: uncle and there's drunk Jamaican uncle. It's two different things. <laughs> okay.
1: Yes. yeah, you know I
0: mean? So that. That, you know, that come on and, and they sit down and they have the white robe beside them and and uh, and it's food. It, Christmas is really centered around food. You know, all yeah. of your Jamaican dish, you might have. We have a brunch at my home where we do all these different Jamaican breakfasts, you know, from rondom mm-hmm. to redderin to Akee and sawfish to pork and Akito to um, you know, Kalaloo. You know what I mean? To back show, to every, every, all these different types of Jamaican breakfast. You know what I mean? And then later on, uh, and then we we'll open presents and then we we'll have a massive dinner.
1: One track on Christmas in the Islands that caught my ear was a song called Ragamuffin Christmas. I asked Shaggy to talk about the inspiration behind that track.
0: There's two different Christmases in there. You have the tourist Christmas where you come and you're on the beach and you're probably in a nice cabin or you with a nice in a nice home and but then I also come from two structures. I'm at a, I've had so much I've had success in my life now where, you know, I have a lovely home and all the amenities for Christmas, mm. you know? Um there's 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 a tree, a live tree in my house every every year with presents properly gift wrapped and with a proper present opening. There's eggnog and there's brunch and you know, my wife makes that there, but in me growing up didn't have that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, my growing up was much like what I expressed on that particular song with Bounty Killer,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Ragamuff, Ragamuff, and Christmas. You know, what I'm saying Christmas in the Garrison. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean where where you, you you're talking about Grand Market. You know, what I mean You're top about... You, you, you get a present, but it's not necessarily something that is gift-wrapped. Right, right, right. <laughs> You know what I mean? And, you know, I'm going to give you a money, I'm going to buy an ice cream or something like that. Or, you know what I mean? it's That's a different thing. And it comes out in a party like a dance with, with a sound system. I'm going to buy you some liquor. And that's our Christmas celebration in the, in the hood, two speaker box outside and, yeah, some liquor, liquor is there and people drinking and eating. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, that is that is the ghetto style, you know, Garrison style of Christmas.
1: So ragamuffin means essentially sort of... Roughneck. Rough, Roughneck. Yeah. Gar, Garrison Garris style, rough yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hardcore,
0: yeah. hardcore Christmas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm dreaming of a hardcore Christmas. Yeah, kind of that, yeah, kind of that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, remin- you
0: don't dream of it today. You reminisce on it.
1: And this brings me to the classic counter jam question. If you were stranded on a deserted island, to be clear, not Jamaica, and you could only eat one Jamaican dish for the rest of your life, what would it be? Here's Shaggy's response.
0: One Jamaican dish. That's right. For the rest of my life. That's right. Well, based on my years of how I'm going to live, I would want to eat something because some Jamaican dish you can eat while you're young and it becomes harder to eat when you're older <laughs> because it, it, you know, it's harder to digest. So if it's one yeah. thing I could eat all the way till I'm old, I would have to say Aki and Salafish. <laughs> yeah, but because it's all the ground provisions that's a, a bit healthy. There are many ways of, of doing it. You can steam it, see, and once you boil it, and you just barely There's ways, different ways, and substitutes you can do to make it such an amazing dish. Always, while the other ones there is only certain ways you can do it.
1: Ziggy was on the same wavelength.
3: One Jamaican dish I can't selfish. What else? There's, what else would I say? There's nothing <laughs> else to say. About that. There's no other. No, I can't selfish. <laughs> If I, can't, if I can't get a piece of yam with it, even better.
1: You get a yam, yeah. <laughs> you get a yam, yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> I don't want to answer that, man. You don't want to answer. Moss, what else? No, nothing <laughs> else. That's it, that's, that's, a, that, that dish is great, man. Never, never, I'm never tired of that.
1: We're going to listen to one more track from Ziggy Marley. This track was inspired by much of the social upheaval in 2020 triggered by the murder of George Floyd.
3: And then I remember some old songs from my father. Um, he sang How Many Rivers Do We Have to Cross? And Jimmy Cliff had a song called um, Many Rivers to Cross. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just like I think a good concept would be to say, like, we're done, no more crossing rivers, we're tired of crossing rivers, as a metaphor of we need the changes that we need. No, we're not, we can't continue crossing rivers to get to a just place, to get to an equal place. Why can't we just set things the right way, you know?
1: Yeah.
3: Systematically, within the the system itself.
1: Here's Lift Our Spirits, Raise Our Voice by Ziggy Marley. Season 3 of Counter Jam And I'm going on fraternity leave So we'll be back with more in a few months In the meanwhile, if you like the show Follow and leave a friendly review on Apple Podcasts Shout out to our guests Ziggy Marley and Shaggy Shout out to Ziggy Marley and Bob Marley Wherever you are, for the music and good vibes Shout out to Food52 Harry Sultan and Counter Jam's producer Coral Lee, who brings more fire Than a scotch bonnet pepper I'm Peter J. Kim and I'll catch you on the next episode Of Counter Jam